Hello, you're listening to Season 3, Episode 4 of the Ghostlight Podcast for the episode Every Inch a King. You scholars of English, one question I'll ask. To answer, you won't find a difficult task. Of Shakespeare's great heroes, which one would you pick? To award him first prize for being totally tick. Othello, you know, was a gullible dupe, and Hamlet's delaying landed him in the soup. But the stupidest moron in all of Shakespeare was that old king of England, the man they call Lear. Hello, and welcome back to the Ghostlight Podcast. Not the uh, Idjitcast, as I almost said. <laughs> I have with me, through the magic of the internet, uh, Ben Pfeiffer in Chicago. Hi. Amy Bowen in Omaha. Hello, everybody. And through the magic of actually being next to me on the stool... Magic! Darcy, my lovely wife, Darcy. Hello. And uh, we all haven't done this in a while. Nope. No. <laughs> I've missed you guys. And that'll be, that'll be yeah, transparent so to the audience, right? The audience will have no idea. Oh, <laughs> no. wait, other than the fact that uh, that whole release schedule thing got... Well... Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's been a pretty busy summer. It has. It has. It's been a while. Just once. But it, we're back. That's what we're, we're all back, back. now. Um, so we, we do this 60-second uh, plot summary challenge thing. We never really said who was going to be doing any of these. I think I, I have it in my head that I was going to do it. I haven't done it in a while. Okay. I um, have one prepared just I, in case. Oh. Well, no, I, oh. and I know that I'm supposed to do one at some point. That I, 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 It's been a while on right. me as well. It sounds like mm. I don't have to do it. It sounds like, it sounds like Ben's off the hook, Yeah. yeah. But I'm only hmm. prepared for the for the um, the king. The second one. The, Every, no, 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 no. No, you're prepared for this one. Yes. No. no, you. Then you go ahead. I'll do. I'll do episode five. All right. I'm really gonna do bad because um, we were taking really in depth notes on this one because we didn't know if Paul was gonna get a second chance to go back because you know summarize. he does his notes and summary. Yes. So mine are almost like a summary. So I'm really gonna biff it, but I'll do my best. Hmm. Okay. All right. Paul has got the timer up. Oh, that's that's a secret. Oh, <laughs> I thought it was. It's a secret that you have yeah. a timer on me. Well, uh, oh, it's not a secret that I have a timer on you. It's a secret that you can see it. Oh well, no. I won't be <laughs> looking at it <laughs> as I try to go through these six pages of notes without a problem. What sweet pea? Uh, can we stop playing the claw? Yes. Yes. Put on your we already talked about this. She wasn't listening, and that was like five minutes ago. So. Yeah, well, that was... Yeah. Okay, here we go. Hang on. Okay, so uh, we're going to start you in a countdown. We'll go three, two, one, heroin. <laughs> That's not fair. You get to start over. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Reset. Okay. Three, two, one, big dick. <laughs> big dick taking a hit off the bong? Everything's falling apart at the theater. Uh, Maria and uh, Richard are having a discussion about the line trouble. Uh, Anna and Richard are uh, watching the preview, and it is horrid. Uh, Jeff and Charles uh, have a discussion in the dressing room. Oliver keeps coming in and out and confirms that the trouble on stage is horrid, and the show is going down. Uh, Ellen's upset as well. Uh, 
Charles uh, pulls it together for a second and then dishes out some more criticism and the preview is over. Richard wants to talk about hats from East Hastings while Anna's trying to get crap done. Uh, Jeff goes to therapy and has an exercise where he speaks to Oliver and it goes exceedingly well. Um, uh, Bolivians love Timbits, free ticks, Anna Nahum speaks Spanish. Uh, line run goes well because of heroin. Uh, the minister and Richard have some exchanges about opening night. Uh, Charles doesn't show up. They close. They 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 get rid of the show. They they cancel the show. Uh, Sophie and Paul go to the the um, pub. Oh boy, these are some bad notes. <laughs> <laughs> And then it just keeps going on and on and on. <laughs> Let's see. Is this, uh, this is the next episode yet? I don't know. I think it might be. I think I'm in the next yeah, episode. Thank you. Okay, it's the end. <laughs> Uh, we're so, somewhere in the one, 150 range. We'll just call it two minutes. Okay, I totally, I told you that one was going to suck. Now, where did I change? <clears throat> oh, yeah, where Jeff finds him in the bathtub. Okay. Yeah, you missed. Oops. Oh, well. Okay. That's all right. I only went over by a little bit. Yeah. A minute or so. That was okay. It's okay. It was hard. Too too many notes. <laughs> too many notes. <laughs> too many notes. <laughs> all right. Well, let's plunge in then. Okay. That was really bad, too. I almost deserve a spanking. That was so bad. Would you like that now or later? No, thanks. Later. <laughs> <laughs> all right. In the cold open, Richard's still having opening night party in his office the next morning. Oh, sorry, he's big dick now. But uh, Anna needs to talk business first. Uh, first the uh, Los Perdidos, and then the Lear. There's trouble with the uh, the press uh, and with ticketing. But uh, meanwhile, all the time that Anna's talking, the party is giggling on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Richard assures her he's on it, but uh, she does have to return to the office with an afterthought, and he's uh, not actually on it so much as on a bong. <laughs> I laughed yeah. really hard. That was pretty funny. I was just super pissed. <laughs> <laughs> because he was being irresponsible? Because he's being a big dick. Literally. I, mean, <laughs> I know. He's the, so they, should, they probably should have called this episode Big, big dick. dick. It would have yeah. been yeah, more yeah. Just as appropriate. Yeah. Every, I mean, every inch a king. <laughs> <laughs> That's horrible. <laughs> Uh, every inch a king, by the way, just before we get... Uh, that was the end of the cold open with the bong. Uh, every inch a king is uh, uh, spoken by Lear in uh, Act 4, Scene 6, and I don't have the rest of the quote, but uh, something that he says. It's from Lear. <laughs> That's detailed, right? Ooh. Good job, Paul. Good job. Good research. Returning... Yeah, I was lazy and didn't bother to do any research either. That's you know what we are going to wrap this up. It's going to be awesome. I found act and scene. Yeah. Act oh, and you did. Scene. Yeah. yeah. Act four. Go ahead. What are they? Act four, scene six. Cool. But I don't have the rest of the quote. I just found where it is. Okay. We'll accept that. That's that's that's, that's where I went. That's 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 where that's I went like this time. Ninth grade research. Yeah. She did. You did the ninth grader's. The ninth job. grader's job. Yeah. Good job. Maybe. Maybe. All right. Uh, Maria afterwards, after the uh, cold, after the opening uh, music, tries to speak with Richard about the trouble with Charles uh, and how close it is to opening, but he's pretty much only interested in riding the high of uh, good reviews. <laughs> That's a good way to put that. Oh. 
Still being the big dick. But we do get to see how bad Charles is doing. He's losing his lines. Maria has a tally sheet. It looks like he's over 20 at this point. Uh, as we, as oh, we it was more than yep. 20. It's 30. Yeah. Yep. When, when Charles is having a downswing, Maria knows... Maria knows Lear's lines better than he does. They should have said she, She's the one giving him all his lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeffrey expresses a lack of confidence to Anna. I'm not going to steal the quote. Uh, <laughs> and Frank and Cyril are of a similar mood going into the intermission. In his dr- dressing room, Charles is pretty sure this is a drug interaction, so Jeffrey offers uh, the heroin. Yay! Heroin to save today. Heroin. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Oliver is also having bad feelings about this, but he fades away. On screen, right? On screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've seen that before? Yes. He, 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 uh, in his first episode that he was back, he says, uh, oh, and I'm fading away. This is something I do now for some reason. That's right. Well, and at the end of one of the seasons, he faded away, right? On screen. Yeah. Like at the, the very, very end of maybe season one. I think so. Yeah, I think he was. I think he. I think he faded away. He was. Uh, he was not visible, but he. You said farewell. But you heard off, his voice. Yeah, off, yeah, from off screen. That's right. In that last scene at the very end of season one, you, he's not on screen, but you just hear his voice speaking to Jeffrey. Yeah, that's and at right. The very end of season two, he's sharing a beer with Brian, right? Yeah. Yep, that's right. Oh no. Are you sn- I, I sneeze like seven times in a row. I'm so sorry. Okay. I'm almost done. I hope. Okay. Shall we wait in suspense, or should we keep going? I don't know. <laughs> Say pineapple three times. Pineapple, pineapple, pineapple. Awesome. All right. Uh, Ellen Knox, uh, she's also having problems uh, with the uh, the whole situation. Uh, Jeffrey asks her to have faith. Oh, my God. It worked. In a higher purpose. In a higher purpose. <laughs> and, and she says, we're concerned. We're all very concerned. And I wrote down... There you go again, speaking for the group of all the actors in the play. Mm-hmm. Hasn't Jeffrey had it out with you about this before, just last season? Yes, well, she she doesn't take it as far as others do, mm. perhaps later on. Okay. <laughs> uh, then we cut to the stage, and Charles is much better. Jeffrey points this out to Maria, who's still unconvinced he can carry a whole show. Also, not stealing a quote here, <laughs> just in case. At the bow, uh, Charles is still on Sophie's back about uh, about her performance because obviously she's the one with problems. Afterwards, <laughs> Anna checks in with Ellen and Barbara to confirm the situation is as bad as she believes it may be, and she goes to Richard's office where he is trying on sample swag from the musical. <laughs> she wants to talk about Lear and points out that. And he points out that he addressed her specific concerns regarding the press and the ticketing earlier on. Uh, but she points out how bad Charles is performing, and he dismisses it as, you know, things come together at the last minute in the theater, and Jeffrey will probably have it under control, he thinks. And she leaves having won no ground, mm. and without telling him whether his nipples are visible. And she has yeah. a Cats t-shirt. He gave it to her three years ago. Right. For Christmas. <laughs> I might have accidentally stepped on a quote with the nipples thing. Oh, well. Yeah. That's Don't worry about it. There were a lot of quotes in this There one. were a lot of quotes in this one. Jeffrey discusses the trouble uh, with the show with his therapist, who suggests that he does an exercise, <laughs> imagining he's conversing with Oliver Wells. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. Who conveniently shows up. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Oliver is convinced the show is going to fail, and then they have another rehash of pretty much the same old arguments from their past. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeffrey either seems uh, refreshed or dismissive and leaves. The therapist was very impressed, and Oliver says that Jer- Jeffrey is just running away again. Yep. I loved this scene. This was the best scene. <coughs> I, I put this... I laughed out loud the first time I saw this. Mm -hmm. And I wrote down also, apparently, the way Oliver sees it, he seduced Ellen as part of his master plan to make Jeffrey into a great actor. Even the therapist comments, I thought you said he was gay. And he was, but we know, but but we found out at the end of season one what happened with him and Ellen. And he he said it was a power thing, not a... Yeah. It wasn't about sex. That was about power. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh Uh-huh. The next morning, Ellen is stressing out because she's meeting Chris, the TV agent, to hear pitches at uh, Barbara's insistence. Barbara tells her to relax and that she can expect the TV pitches to sound preposterous. She has some sort of uh, liquid cure-all, stress reliever, whatever that might be. Mm. So chill out. Don't worry, it's going to sound horrible. I'll be right back. Okay. All right. Uh, Anna reports to Los Perdidos and brings Timbits. Hey, it's product placement. What are Timbits? Timbits are donut holes from Tim Hortons. Oh, okay. Oh, weird. Is that a... It's a very Canadian thing. Okay, so they're like everywhere, like Krispy Kremes or Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah, Tim Hortons. Mm-hmm. The, the, uh, the, the uh, donut shop on Wayne's World is basically, they were, they were, they were saying Tim Hortons without saying Tim Hortons. It's uh-huh. a former former hockey player opened a opened a coffee and donut stand, and then suddenly they're basically they're about on par with Dunkin' Donuts in terms of size in Canada. Interesting. And they're trying. Uh, do they have the giant think, uh, donut th- statue like in in Wayne's uh, World? No, no, they okay. don't. That is cool. I did not. I did not know there was a real Tim Horton or who he was. Oh yes. But I did know what Tim Horton's the restaurant was. Yes, Tim Horton is a, a hockey player. Cool, of course. And I also put, yep, that was a very Canadian moment in there. Also, I noted Anna says, I think there's a crawler in there. Yes. She does not say crueler like Darren Mitchell's does. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Darren. Remember our conversation as to what we call it. Yeah, Darren Nichols yeah. talked about the crawler, and then I and then I then I then I mentioned the whole crawler controversy between the East Coast and West Coast as well. Uh huh. Yeah. Yes, we did all that. We've covered this. Yeah, yeah we have. <laughs> but this is just uh, an additional data point. So it's not a, every yes. not everybody says crueler. It's just a Darren Nichols thing. <laughs> yes, it's Darren Nichols having his speech thing that he does. Uh, the, she she tells the she tells Los Perdidos that there's visa trouble that it's a a bad situation and she believes that the general in charge of Bolivia is a bad man and the uh, the leader of Los Perdidos wants to go and fight apparently mm-hmm. uh, it's a little unclear uh, I, I I I don't know Spanish very well and Naum is definitely not a reliable translator for the most part no he's not <laughs> <laughs> he's doing it on purpose too. I know en- remember enough Spanish to understand what the leader said. He said something like, "No, I have to go and fight for the freedom, liberty, something like that sure. of my country." Okay, so so he was he was honest about that that the the mm-hmm. guy really wanted to go and fight. Yes, the the I think he likes you part that <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
Creo que it. Yeah, when Nahum says back to them in Spanish, I think she likes you. That's not it. Yeah. That was a totally, uh, Nahum was completely making that up. Yes. I'd have to watch the scene again to hear what they actually said. I did not write it down, but the, I think she likes you part, Nahum completely made that up. Indeed. Either that or he just isn't that knowledgeable about Spanish and really thinks that that's what he meant. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she gives some comps to the Lear opening and uh, they sing for her. Mm-hmm. Sorry, we, we covered Tim, but Tim Bits, Tim Hortons, and Crullers while you were gone. Aww. I want a Cruller. Well, there's donuts over there. I know, but they're over there. You can't stuff your face on a podcast. Not so much. All right. At the uh, Chinese restaurant, uh, which the name of which I can't remember, it's uh, something generically Chinese, if I remember right. Ming's Wong's. or Wong's. Was it's it Wong's? Wong's. Okay. Uh, Ellen's agent meets up with Ellen and Chris. Chris is pitching a space investigator in love with a younger man. And when he leaves to take a call, Ellen confides that she's just not really actually interested in this. But her agent, who has barely made any commission offer in the past, insists that she go forward. And she's not even really pretending that she's not have a, she doesn't have a self-interest in this. Have we seen the agent before? No, this is the first time. Ah. I don't know who it was. I didn't write it down. But, ah. but uh, you don't see her again either. That's not too much of a spoiler. Oh. There's still two more episodes left, Paul. Oh. She could be like the DSS Machina. She could be. <laughs> she could. Right. She totally could. I'd like to make a comment on that scene. Yeah, sure. Um, uh, there's another uh, Canadian cultural point in this scene that I'd like to highlight. Mm. Uh, Barbara says to Ellen, this is huge. This is buy a house on Salt Spring Island and get out of the business forever huge. And not being Canadian, I had no idea where that was. So just now I went for the wikipedia page it is actually on the western side of canada between uh the british columbia coast and vancouver island and it does it looks very uh the island is known for its diverse culture natural beauty and recreational opportunities it affords Hmm. yes i've been i've been on the uh the ferry several times per, between Nanaimo and the island, but I don't know if the 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 that, that, that the and Vancouver Island rather. So I don't know. I, I assume that that island must be pretty exclusive. It is. Exclusive it must be. On the, uh, mm-hmm. never Apparently, it. it's about halfway between Nanaimo and the city of Victoria. Mm. Okay. The the mainland city of Vancouver is to the north of it. Yes. Yes. That sounds about right. All right. So. Kind of like Martha's Vineyard. Kind of like Martha's Vineyard of the West of the and of Canada. Of Canada. Perhaps. Uh, then at the line read-through, Charles is solidly on point. Ellen marvels at this and asks what changed. Jeffrey says, as she thinks it's a joke, that he shot Charles full of heroin. Uh, she goes on to say she's encouraged that, uh, that Jeffrey is not erratic in the face of the stress, that, she, that he's not uh, having you know, conversations with nobody in the wings, isn't uh, talking to Oliver, and Jeffrey makes it clear that Oliver has given up on this production. Uh, we get a little brief vignette of Barbara doing press, talking about how she came back to New Burbage for the audience, and she wants to reject that whole statement and start over. And uh, it's a little un-PC what she said. Uh-huh. It's pretty messed up. Uh, and then she kind of introduces Ellen in a... What felt kind of condescending, I'm not sure if that's just because of later conversations that it feels that way, or if that really felt condescending. The first time round, any any opinion on that? When 
When when she, when Barbara said, uh, "Here's the interviewer. This is Ellen. She's been in the theater her whole life." Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, totally condescending. Very. Okay. But that's all Babs can do. Speak. Yeah, I, I, anything that comes out of her mouth is not good. No. Yes, she yeah. does. She does progressively get worse and worse. Yeah. She is yeah. a villain character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she does not think very highly of Ellen's career choices. Although I mean, you know, initially she was just an Ellen, to, uh, an Ellen. She was just a uh, villain to Jeffrey. You know, it's like right. mm-hmm. she was a foil for him. But it, but turn, it turns out she's expanding her. She is. Well, she's mm-hmm. just she's crabby. Just that a she's there. Yeah. yeah. She didn't want to have to do that. It's and some of this to her. and some of this spills over into the next episode too, which uh, which I suppose we'll get to. She's a dink at uh, the appropriate time. So in the uh, usual uh, pre-opening chaos in the lobby. Uh, they may be opening Lear, but Richard is all musical. Between getting the East Hastings cast members in a photo op to uh, molest a minister of culture, and then he meets with, uh, well, meets, not meets with, but meets Chris, the TV, TV agent, who really strongly recommends that he change the venue or extend the run for East Hastings because it's got buzz. And he knows buzz. Uh, Jeffrey discovers that they have no Charles. Maria's been calling him. With no answer. And they are at 15 minutes to curtain. Jeffrey insists that they cannot open without Charles's Lear, though Jerry you know, kind of knows it okay, he says. Uh, Jeffrey has Los Perdidos go on to fill time. <laughs> uh, the Minister of Culture wanted the Norwegian ambassador and his wife to get in, but uh, clearly Big Dick got his musical crew their seats instead. <laughs> 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 oh dear! But well, the guy that wrote East Hastings is really starting to get annoying at this point. Yes, like he was—he wasn't this annoying. Like, I mean, I'm sure it's all like ego and like everything going to his head or whatever. Probably on lots of drugs. But uh, like, he was one of my more favorite characters at the beginning of this season, and now he's uh, just—he's also a big dick. He really is. He has a lot of good backstory, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's—it's—it's it's, it's like. Uh, it's like now, now, now that he's actually achieved, he's 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 just on on autopilot now to do whatever he would normally do if he wasn't working, which he's basically not working anymore. No, now he's well, just now that the show's open, sucking off uh, the energy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't like him either. I don't know if that. Did you know? Did, did when when people open a show and the, like the director is done and doesn't uh, you know doesn't continue to give notes and things like that? Do, do you, have you ever known any directors to? Unwind to it's visibly. I assume that they still stay professional um, around you. No. He's not a director. Well, he's not a director. He's, not, but he's a playwright. He's musical. Is he a musical director or is he? He's a writer. He's a playwright. Think, yeah. yeah. You know, I can't say I've ever seen the playwright. Mm. Yeah. Be he, around that long because usually they like get their check and go. Yeah. But <laughs> they're there for opening and then they they leave yeah, town. That's kind of it. Usually. It's unusual that he's still in town. Yeah. Um, but mm-hmm. I guess if he doesn't have anything else going on and he's young and they're let, are they letting him stay at the actor house? I can't remember. I, well, he slept there. So I guess, well, there you go. <laughs> sorry, so, that's you know, later on. Free, free room and board. That's next yeah, app, sorry. Later on. Whoops, whoops. Yeah, free room and board, you know, but um, that would be my own. Well, also, this is they're, and they're supposed to be like rent, right? And so... Mm-hmm. He knows that it's about to be huge, I think, or he's anticipating it about to be huge. So maybe he's waiting around. 
And I think they're technically, Matt. I think they're technically workshopping it. I mean, they're not, they're not, oh, yeah. not to the point of the uh, the workshop playwriter workshop the previous season, right? But I believe technically this is still considered a workshopped uh, production, so I suppose he would still be on hand during. I wouldn't the- call it workshopped, but it's definitely in transition. Yeah, and I mean, we we find that out later too. So yeah, and that guy definitely left town. The guy that was workshopping last time. Yeah. Yes. Lionel Train. Oh, do we miss him ever, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, Lionel Train. Lionel Train, yeah. yeah. That's pretty awesome. have such fond memories of Lionel Train. Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> you like to play with Lionel Train? Yes. <laughs> um, so next, uh, Oliver wants Jeffrey to let Jerry open and wonders aloud if Charles may be dead already. Hmm. The audience... Is getting restless with the Bolivians. Okay, and I have to just interject. At that point, I thought he was dead. I was certain of it. Yeah. I actually wrote down, all right, who called that he would overdose on night on opening night? But he didn't. So. He didn't. Because we, remember we were talking about that, me, you, and Amy. Uh, as yeah, to, we were, weren't we? What, when the heroine was first introduced, we started making predictions for... Yeah, I do Although we're in the fourth that. episode, but, you know, towards the end. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, this is opening of the show, so... Yeah. Right, right. This is interesting. This is the opening of the show, and we're halfway through the season. Yeah, I know. So it's, it's a little early for opening compared to how some of the rest of this... Uh, yeah, the other two were like, the opening was the last episode. That's right. Just just food for thought. Well, they haven't actually opened yet. That's <laughs> right. You're correct. <laughs> that could be part of it. Because the audience is getting restless with the Bolivians. Richard goes to check what's going on. But they're doing a good job. Jeffrey and the cast are kind of just in the hall, standing there, and Richard presses Jeffrey to make the call. And when Jeffrey is under pressure, he says, okay, we're just going to cancel. Can't Now, Richard can't overrule Jeffrey here? Richard would be able to overrule Jeffrey. He should Jeffrey. technically be able to. And technically, yeah. I mean, I don't even know why Jeffrey would make that call. It's ridiculous, even though I know that he's trying to. Yeah, he's got this, this making sure that uh, Charles can open Lear. Right, but the understudy most certainly could have handled that, and that would have been a better... Yeah. Right, you know, I'm all for satisfying a dying man's wish or whatever, but if you've got, like, 60 people who are depending on this opening night to happen, right. and one of them not be able to do it, right. sorry. And you then, know, you can, you can do the third show and you feel better. Right, and everybody's already in their seats, and, yeah. you know, that would be a theater. I I found that kind of unrealistic. I don't think that would have happened. Right. But, I, I mean, it's it's fun still to watch the show. I enjoy it, but... It's drama. It's drama. I loved it. It's yep. I've, I've, heard of, I've heard of bands. I've heard of, like, music, yeah. music shows where, yeah, the, where, like where the band sick. doesn't come out, and then suddenly the band is, like, they, they, they announce... I've never been to, but... I've, I've like, heard of uh, too. what do you mean by a band? Do but you mean, like, like, rock a, and roll? Like, yeah, like a rock, rock and roll, roll concert, concert yeah. where, they okay. don't, where they don't show up. I went to a Riverfest performance with uh, Sinead O'Connor, and she came on uh, after... She was, uh, like, two hours late. Her opening act played twice, and she played four songs from her big album and then said she was done. That what was year it. was this? You remember? This, this was this was back for uh, for uh, during your nothing compares nothing to you compares tour. Nothing compares to you tour, yeah. Uh, well, uh, before or after Saturday Night Live? This was I don't know exactly when that was, but I I, I remember there was rumors she was pregnant. Okay. Uh, okay. Hey, I remember watching that Saturday Night Live. Okay. I like watched it live. Hey, no, I got tangy You did. <laughs> but I did watch it live. It was awesome. Hey, you have to be to work at some point. You I know, told me I to know. keep this moving. I want to go. <laughs> I started the tangent, so it's not your fault. Yeah. 
Nothing compares to you. Well, we're, we yeah, are making pretty good times. I believe we are. To you. <laughs> it's a good song, man. See, if we were in Europe, I'd just be cheering. It's a great song. I love that song. I know. Prince wrote it. It's awesome. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. That's why it has a two, two. And, a and a U. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a pre-text title. Mm. Yeah. So on to the bar? On to the... Uh, on stage, we well, there? yeah, on stage in the wings, uh, Jeffrey uh, yeah. realizes he can't make the speech without weeping, so he makes Richard do it. Oh, Richard! Again, at this point, Richard could really—this is really where he should step in and be like, "Fuck you, dude! We're yeah. going on." Yeah, <laughs> go uh, go in and, and announce the understudy is what should have happened. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then Anna tells Richard, "This is exactly what she's been talking about," but he takes that rather poorly. No one likes an "I told you so," I guess. Right. You know what I just figured out? Well, not just figured out, but which is kind of funny, is the theme song to this season is Call the Understudy, I Can't Go On Tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, no, it's, that's, that's the end credits theme. That's the end theme. Oh. What's the one that's this one? Nice to take a walk in the rain. Oh, uh, yeah. All right. But, yeah. I just assume they're all Call the Understudy. Yes. Because that's the one that's yep. in every season, right? It's mm-hmm. always at the end. Yeah, it's at the end. That's correct. Right. That is the end theme for all of it. Yep. I would go back to drinking my Starbucks now. Right. Yay, Starbucks! Ooh, I think we have. You went to Starbucks already? You like actually left your home? <laughs> well, I didn't have any coffee here, so I had to. And there's a Starbucks on the corner by my house. How many? Two or? Do you, do you like this? Is the Starbucks there better than the other one? Because the other one's not as good. <laughs> uh... Sorry, that's a Jonathan Colton reference. They do very right, right. I'm just, I'm trying, I'm comparing the two Starbucks. <laughs> And really, there's no real difference except this one is about 10 minutes closer. Oh, 10 minutes is a big difference. Yeah, it's it's about a five-minute walk from my house versus the other one is about a 15-minute walk. So. There's well, one just, that's they've a seven-minute o- walk from work that I never go to. Oh, well, they've just opened the one in town here, so we don't Where's have to the go the anymore. <laughs> it's coffee. This podcast episode brought to you by Starbucks. Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh, I, I hope and, I can't be sued for and, saying that. And, and shop back by Jonathan Colton. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> creative Commons. Are we, are we still in the wings? Yeah, we are Creative Commons. We don't actually have real sponsorships. I just have to say that. I'm pretending. Oh, I'm just I think saying, we are still in the well, wings. Uh, no, yeah. I was just, yeah, I was saying that the, uh, the Jonathan Colton quote is Creative Commons. Yes, it is. Oh, okay. Yes. And, you know, Starbucks, yay. Yay. All right. Uh, so after the wings, uh, Anna tells Richard, oh, we already did that. Uh, yeah. and then she, then she says that you really ought to talk to the cast. And he says he'll do that in the morning because he's going to get drunk instead. Richard, Jeffrey. you're such a slave. He's a dick. Jeff. Big, big, big dick. Big dick. Big dick. <laughs> it's funny when Amy says it. <laughs> well, everyone else was. I thought I could I just it. sneak in there. I love it, Amy. You're so uh, sweet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I would never say it unless everyone else was. I know. Yeah. That's why I think it's so sweet. Oh, she's such a joiner. <laughs> we, we've corrupted her, haven't we? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. So, so uh, on to the bar? On to the bar. On to the bar. On to the bar. Oh, no, on to the bath. Jeffrey uh, finds yeah. Charles in his bath, having fallen and been unable to get up. Uh, he fell and he can't get up. Pretty much. Pretty much. He needs life alert. He yeah, because really he couldn't get he to the phone. He obviously did not watch those infomercials. Could life not alert. get to the phone. We'll, we'll save you every time. Just wear this giant garage door opener around your chest. <laughs> That's right. Sophie, Paul, Frank, and Cyril talk about bad openings at the bar. But at least they opened. 
But at least they opened. I hope that wasn't a quote, but sorry. No, not really. They had the, that was uh, a good quote. They had, what was it, Troilus and Cressida in drag? <laughs> you yep, that's the one. Oh, and no. a gang rape at the end? Yeah. <laughs> but at least it opened. Hey, gang, gang rape is not funny. Gang rape is not funny. <laughs> it's not funny, guys. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, Ellen and Chris talk about theater and Barbara... And when Barbara enters, she suggests that they all go back to their place. Which, uh, Ellen is a little bit like the, our place. Oh, yeah, okay, I guess. Richard buys drinks on the festival tab. Well, some some drinks, limited drinks, and beer limited only. kinds of beer. Make beer. Beer Make only. Beer only. Uh, but then he announces that the musical has sold out its run. The musical cast is ecstatic, but Frank, Cyril, and Sophie are aghast at his uh, lack of tact. Charles and Jeffrey... Sit and talk about the cast, what to say. Charles muses about death, whether it's like being stuck in the bathtub without, you know, without being able to answer the phone. Hopefully that's not a quote by somebody. Mm-mm. Oliver responds, that sounds like something by Beckett. And then Charles and Oliver have a conversation. And I was freaked out in a good way. It was yeah. like, oh, here we go. Finally somebody can see. Yeah, this was... This was particularly awesome. It was. Mm-hmm. I thought, and and I wish it had gone this way, because Jeff's the only one who goes to Charles's house to get him out. Yeah, that he had actually died. Yeah, Dar- Darcy I, speculated. I had that moment too. Mm-hmm. He was helping the ghost out of the bathroom and mm-hmm. and was having a conversation with the ghost at that point. But and like that, he would walk back into the bathroom and just see the dead man in the, in the tub or something. But yeah. Yeah, that's. I was watching this with my friend, and she also had that exact same moment as Darcy. Mm-hmm. She said, "She." We asked, "Is Charles actually dead, a la Bruce Willis, or is he just about to die?" <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. it's a sixth sense moment. Uh, yeah. Spoiler alert for sixth sense. Spoiler for sense. You know, somebody. Spo- I may have talked about this on the show before because there's a lot of ghosts, but somebody spoils sixth sense for me, like. Like the weekend it came out, I was oh, so pissed. Really? That's really well, I was working at a movie theater at the time, so That's usually it. everybody like watches the movies when they first come out. But I hadn't seen that one oh, yet. Oh my gosh, we went to see that in the theater, and I swear every time I walked into a room for like the next week, I was scared. It was awesome. I cool. loved it. <laughs> I never saw cool. any dead people or smelled them. Mm. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I-, I told you about uh, Mike Bryant's uh, website idea. What? Oh, it was a for 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 for, 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 cry, for 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 a cryogenics website. He was going to call it uh, icydeadpeople.com. dot <laughs> <laughs> nice. I like that. I like that too. <laughs> and accor- so later, later we find out. According to later, Oliver says something about he's got one foot in the grave already. So that's the explanation for why Charles can now see. Right. And I was glad that Oliver cleared that up for me. Cause I was yeah. still yeah, I was like, wondering. I don't really point. get yeah. this. Yeah. At this point, as, as, uh, as they're having their conversation, Jeffrey opts to have a stiff drink. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, Meanwhile, back at uh, Ellen's place, she's sharing the tale of banging her sister's husband with Chris. Uh, the cast party has moved to the house where Paul and Sophie live, and it's it's particularly wild and crazy, and Sophie's annoyed. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, I think at this point, I, this the Sarah Polly storyline has kind of killed itself. Like, I understand what they're doing, but, you know... By, at this point, it's like that guy has been seeing the musical girl longer than he... He wasn't even seeing Sarah. So, 
or Sophie. Well, Sophie, yeah, because it was a it was a platonic relationship as far as he understood. Right, and so I wrote down here is like, why? What is the? What is you know? What is it to her if he's going to see this other girl? And I understand that she's in love with him or something, but I don't think that that was really earned. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah, Darcy. That's the start of something that comes up later. Yeah, Dar- yeah, Darcy. Darcy called that she that that was that was non-platonic in her eyes. Yeah, from the start. Well, oh, it never was. Was never. From the start. From the start, she yeah, says. Yeah, I could tell. Did uh, did Sophie and this guy even kiss? Or? Sophie and Paul? No. No, yeah. but you could just tell. So you could tell that in her felt. mind. Yeah, in yeah. her mind. Oh, okay. Versus, versus right. well. I mean, because it was either that or she was a lesbian, and that was clear that she wasn't that. So. Right. I'm just thinking of my own personal relationships like if if i had a platonic friend and they were in love with me and we i i, I don't know anyways moving on yeah we can get back to that when it when that all uh, comes to its day on next episode maybe or something right. like that yeah for new listeners it might happen <laughs> it might not um then in the morning richard has woken with who I put into my notes as Musical Girl. Apparently her name's Sharon, as is as revealed much later on in the next episode. But uh, yeah. he wakes up with Sharon. I'm not sure exactly. She's someone on staff of the musical. I don't think she's an actress. I think she was just thrown in. Is this, this the first time we see her? Is yeah, she's, she's, well, no, she's, yeah, cause she's, been, she's been partying with, with uh, Richard and, and the playwright right. since last episode. Right. But I don't think she's cast. She is. Is she cast? I think I thought I was under the assumption that she was. And she's not. She's a minor. She's not Lulu. Yeah. I mean, she's minor. Yeah. Um. So he wakes up with her. Uh, she wants to go back to sleep, but he has to go to work. Big Dick's got a day job. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Big Dick Hopefully that was job. that was not. Well, a there's thing. lots of quotes. We're good. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, she wonders about his laughing and giggling during sex. All right. Don't say that one because that might be a quote. And he just uh, suggests yeah. that maybe he's he's feeling nice, happy. happy. Yes, okay. Happy. He's feeling happy, perhaps. Happy. Maybe he's, maybe he's happy. <laughs> Jeffrey tries to reassure Ellen that things are okay. She wishes that uh, he would share what's going on, and then they have a relationship argument. It's kind of the same one that's been going on for about two and a half seasons. I know. Yeah, so yeah. Like, okay, actually, here we go. Fast forward. My my, I wrote down Jeff and Ellen are fighting again. And then I'm, that yep. was the only note I took about this scene. And then uh, Chris passes through, uh, looking like he's just been shacked up with her overnight, yeah. Yeah. as far as Jeffrey can tell. It totally did look like that. Oh, totally. Do you think it happened? No. No? No. No? No. You sure? Pretty sure. Okay. Maybe. We may never know. We may never know. That's for someone to write a fanfic about. <laughs> that would be not a good fanfic to read. You. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a Franken's Franken serial slash, although I, technically that's not slash because they're already which would be canon, Can, yeah, mm-hmm. or which it would be in compliance with canon. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, where the heck am I? Oh, uh, yeah, uh, uh, Richard's happy, and uh, <laughs> and Chris passes through. Yeah, Chris passes through. They he looks like he had just uh, shacked up for the night. Right. Uh, Richard is speaking to Basil off screen, of course. Uh, on the phone about the article slash review, and then Barbara asks to talk. Dum dum dum. Oh dear. So now we've got Big Dick and Babs talking. This is talking. A this this is, cannot a be good. Cannot be good. Uh, Anna talks to Jeffrey. She's worked out that there's a cancer issue and wants to help. Uh, she's seen it plenty in her family and has experience. Uh, Jeffrey yes. says. 
that he doesn't know the names of any of the drugs aside from the one. <laughs> <laughs> I love this scene. I'm going to... I won't say my quote. I will save it for the quotes, but I just put in my notes, aw. Anna gets to do something wonderful and noble by using her first-hand knowledge of cancer treatments to save the day. This is just so sweet, and it's so great to see her get in the spotlight in such a positive way. Yes. Uh, Barbara comes by Ellen's uh, place after uh, meeting with Richard. So she tells that she she says that uh, she says to Ellen that she told Richard all that she uh, you know thinks she knows. Uh, and Ellen is outraged that she did that and, and went to the uh, went ar- around the director to management. And Richard confronts Jeffrey. Uh, Jeffrey wants a week to dry Charles out, quote unquote. But uh, <laughs> but Richard wants to switch East Hastings into the Rose and move Lear to the Studio Theater. Okay, so is that a good idea or is that a bad idea? It's a good idea. I, I have yeah. to. I'll give I'll totally. give him that at that point too because Lear is going to be a a big huge disaster. Yeah. I mean, There's it, no saving it at this point. Even if they put in the understudy to, for the rest of the run, it's done. Yeah, and well, I would even already. say if it was even if it was as good as Hamlet from the first season versus the craziness that's happening with East Hastings, I don't know if Rent exists in this uh, universe because I know that East Hastings kind of playing off of Rent. Yeah. But if you would look at the success of Rent, then they could, you know, see that this was kind of like the same kind of story and they may want to, they could, it's just, it seems like it's a little bit more obvious that that may be a giant event in theater versus, right. yeah. I'm not going to say just doing another Shakespeare play, but right. it's, they already know that it's going to be a lackluster at best. Well, so. Rent was, I mean, essentially what they're trying to portray because Rent was, um, it was the rebirth of, uh, the musical after Andrew Lloyd Webber yeah, destroyed it, it for so many years. Yeah, well, yeah, that, yeah. But, that's but, but yeah, for, for, for many years, I mean, after, after after a few Andrew Lloyd Webbers, it was pretty much revivals in Andrew Lloyd Webber. It, that was it? That was all that was on Broadway there for a while? Was Rent, uh, did it come up from, like, off-Broadway and, like, oh, yeah. Yeah, way, it way, did. way off? It yeah. did. It was off-off-Broadway, and it just... It, it became this big, huge thing. Nobody expected it, and it was... Awesome. So, and it was a different style, too. It, that's, right. That was yeah. what was so interesting about it. So that's a... I always make this kind of parallel whenever I talk about stuff, but it sounds a little bit like what happened with Nirvana in the early 90s. Yes. Because the popular music scene had become so stagnant that everyone was just sick of it, and then out of nowhere, they were able to bring punk rock into the mainstream. True. Very yes. true. That's interesting. interesting. Yeah, it is. And and, and, and like like I said uh, like I said uh, at, at at one of the previous episodes, this, this story is really about somewhat about the struggles that the actual Stratford Festival has has had for the last ten to fifteen years between how commercial do you want it to be and how much do you want to highlight the Shakespeare and they they really. Um, Still amongst amongst that theater that that festival, I mean, they they did change it about five years ago from the Stratford uh, Shakespeare Festival to the Stratford Festival of Theater. Right, mm. and Which, if you think about it, just going on going forward for a theater to continue to to uh, exist, yeah. you know, they have to make it tangible. I mean, they still they still highlight uh, classics and Shakespeare, you know, Shakespeare as a as a primary highlight and and other. Uh, you know, period shows. Right. But then they also do, you know, full-on big musicals, 
right that uh, that aren't that aren't even necessarily originated there. Yeah. Do, are you ever concerned about uh, locally the Guthrie? I don't know the Guthrie. I don't. I, I don't. I mean, they, I mean, I know they've got the funding. I know that's there. Yeah, the Guthrie has the funding, and they. I mean, that's that's the main thing is that they have the funding and that they have but a when reputation. Was the last time you wanted to see a show of theirs? It's been a long time. Me too. When they do all those touring shows that come through the Ordway in St. Paul. Those sometimes I want to see. And the ones on on all of the things. And all actually, the we've on gone Hennepin. to a few of those. But when was the last time we went to the Guthrie? For something other than Paul and Storm and Jonathan Colton? Right. Seriously. I've never been in that building for a show. I've never been in that new building for a show. Neither have I. And what's that say? It's not a good sign. It's not a good sign. Guthrie, I sure hope you're listening. Get up. Get with it. Wake up. Something. Smell the coffee. Fresh blood. <laughs> they might need to do something other than Christmas Carol for the, uh, for the you know... 75th season? Yeah, that's well... A, that's a bit of an ex- exaggeration, but... Yes, they haven't been around. No, I mean, time. every town has one of those. Louisville had a Shakespeare in the Park company that only did Christmas Carol for Christmas season, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Cincinnati did the same thing, so... Oh, oh, oh. I didn't, I didn't add pop up. I don't know if that. Oh no, I didn't hear that. Oh no, we were just. No, uh, I didn't hear that. I tangent belled you because because we're at the end of the episode. I, I um, Oliver well. and Jeffrey muse on how close to death Charles may be, based on the fact that Charles can converse with Oliver, and Oliver has resolved that he's now going to help. Now that they have to completely re envision the sh- the show. And I'm glad that Oliver's mm-hmm. on board. I was like, good, Oliver. I'm so happy you're going to help out. Yep, that's what I said too in my notes. I put. Um, uh, Jeffrey says, I hope I'm not stealing someone's quote. No. We, my dad friend, does that mean you're back on board? Oliver answers, <laughs> well, now he's my friend, too. I was Aww. A- yeah, I was, about, I was about to say that. That's a closing lines from the, from the episode. That's okay, though. There's but no, that wasn't, that, wasn't part of a, that wasn't part of a quote. I was, lots of good quotes. I was about to spoil that quote for someone myself. Um, <laughs> and we do move into uh, quotes now before ratings. So uh, yeah. we don't have any... Uh, any feedback? And I didn't really put out a call for feedback either, so <laughs> we're uh, that's all right. We're winging it here, but uh, I do have the quote section. And does anybody have a, a, a small? No- I have a large number of quotes. So if anyone has a small number of quotes, they go first. What did you call me? You? They Sorry, no. go. They go. Did you call me a day go? I did not. Said <laughs> <laughs> they. T H E Y. Um, yeah, so my one of the funnier things I thought was when the woman, uh, who may or may not be in East Hastings, wakes up next to Richard and, and says, you kept laughing while we were doing it, like giggling. It was weird. <laughs> I thought that was a, a great quote. And then he was like, well, maybe I was just happy. But I could easily, if someone, because I... Richard giggles a lot when he gets drunk, and yeah, I imagine does. when he gets stoned, it's the same way. Yeah. And I can just imagine having sex with someone while they're having little giggling fits like that it would be very odd. Yeah. So that made me smile. Yeah, that would be very odd. At least it, at least it was in that direction. You know, the, the, the woman giggling the entire time could cause some performance issues. <laughs> Is, what, what am I doing wrong? <laughs> I don't know. My, you know, health performance. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. All right. <laughs> depends on depends on how who hard you she's are, laughing and all that. Yeah. Okay. okay. We don't need to discuss this. That's getting an anatomical. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Amy, did you have a quote? Yes, yes, sir. I do. I've got a couple of them. Uh, early in the episode, Oliver says, "I'm not used to thinking about other people and their needs." <laughs> That's cute. <laughs> and then another one I had was Ellen. He's not playing Lear, he's living Lear. That's yeah. the problem. 
that was really spot on. Darcy? And then, oh, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, just last one. My absolute favorite was probably the Anna's, so I saved it for the last. Not everybody gets to do what they want before they die, but everyone should. Aww. <laughs> Aww. We love Anna. Yeah, we love Anna. Your turn, Darcy. Uh, my favorite for the, for the whole episode was uh, Jeffrey. What's wrong with you? Never seen a full-on fucking train wreck before? <laughs> that was pretty good. And then uh, my other favorite, and it's it's not a really big quote. I just it just uh, it, I just love um, Cyril and Frank. So bit rough out there, Ducky. Uh, it's bloody awful. <laughs> You'll never know when he's gonna go off. You never feel safe. It's like the Blitz. <laughs> I love those guys. Yeah, yeah, they're great. Uh, my my couple of favorites both involve Maria. Uh, <laughs> Early on, uh, Anna says that, you know, he, he does care. He's just happy, and that can be distracting. And Maria says, I wouldn't know. <laughs> oh, ouch. Yeah, I remember that one, too. And then, meanwhile, Maria is talking about how, you know, sure, Charles can pull it together for ten minutes, but it's a three-hour show. Jeffrey replies, <laughs> no, it's not. It's two hours and 56, max. And that's a, that's a funny theater thing, because, yeah, yeah. time the show every time, and... You do? Yeah. I, did, yeah, I didn't know this. Yep, you Tell me more. Show. Oh, okay. So it, usually it starts, you know, when you do rehearsals, you time the show each time because you want to make sure that it's it's moving along at the same pace and uh, mm. that things mm, are I see. going according to plan. And then usually... Yeah. And, and, the, yeah, and then sometimes the, the director, while he has a sense of how everything goes... He's, he can get wrapped up in the show enough that he doesn't really know how long it is. And when he finds out, oh, crap, it's... It's, it's four it's, hours long. It's four well, we hours gotta long. we got to cut puppy in half. Yeah, we gotta, we got to tighten up this section and things like that. It's not like a film where you can watch the cut and go, okay, the cut is, is four hours yeah. long. So we, we know where we got to trim it. So we'll just chop out this little yeah. bit here. Take out some air here, that sort of yeah. thing. No, you have to you time right. it each time and you you uh, cut if need be. Or you, sometimes you have to add things back in. With I've had that happen. And that's not oh, always okay. fun because they're like, well, we want to add this costume bit. You got <laughs> two days. Go. You know, it's like yeah. crap. <laughs> so. Yeah. I learned something today. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, and last, of course, uh, Richard saying, I'm not the villain here. And Jeffrey saying, yeah. no, you're the big dick. <laughs> <laughs> I love that one, too. That's pretty hilarious. Yeah. Uh, would people like to rate this sucker? Sure. We would. I'm trying to figure out what I want to. I've got something say. in mind, but I think it probably could be somebody else's too. Could be. So. I've got a couple of yours. Well, I'll take yeah. the obvious way out then. The one here. Yeah. Go for Go it. This one, uh, seven out of ten big dicks. <laughs> <laughs> well, I. Oh. And, why? Oh, why seven? Yeah. Why? Why? Why the rating? Oh, that was good. I haven't watched the Ghostlight show in a while. Ghostlight. I haven't watched the Slings and Arrows uh, episode in about uh, a couple months, three months, I guess. Yeah. So it was it was nice to kind of catch back up. Um, I really didn't like uh, Richard at all, and he gets even worse in the next episode. And we'll talk about yeah. that. But um, yeah, I don't know. It was mainly just nice to be back into the swing of things. I will say though, I have a note, and we just glossed over it. But at one point, Basil shows up. Yeah, in the uh, if if only by uh, telephone. Right. So, by yeah, telephone. I think okay. I, I I tried to highlight that as I was describing what happened. Yeah. Ah. You did say it, but 
Yeah, okay, I, I wasn't paying attention. It. Anybody, anybody else, Scott? Well, I want I wanted to jump in on my rating uh, okay. at this point. Mm-hmm. I, I, I give it a nine out of ten just because I really like the development of uh, of the conversation between um, Charles and Oliver. Um, I really felt like it was really you know starting to put put together what the uh, you know there's always sort of been an opposition between the the two companies that it's really starting to starting to you know highlight that and show exactly how they could be in competition and how how they're moving to different venues and things like that um, and I was giving it nine out of ten it's similar to your rating system but it's uh, nine out of ten big dicks with day jobs <laughs> <laughs> Which is a reference to Otis Ball's Artists with Day Jobs song. Oh. <laughs> I, I watched this episode. I've watched this twice. I reviewed it in the past week because I knew we were recording today. But the very first time I watched it was back at the very end of June. And at the time, I'll just read off my notes. 10 out of 10 cats t-shirts. <laughs> that was my choice. You oh, want to know I, what's I, so funny? I was just, just writing that, that down as, as you said, said that. <laughs> that is so flippin' hilarious. No, uh, I love it. Oh funny. my god, Amy, we share oh, a brain there. Yeah, yeah, we do. You go ahead. I have a little comment on why I was going to pick cats t-shirts. Go ahead. Okay, I'll finish mine yeah. then. Not one, not two, but three laugh-out-loud moments for me. Mm. I started out at a seven. I started my rating out at a seven about a third of the way into the episode, and it just kept getting better and better. I was going to save my only ten rating for the series finale, but this episode just struck all the exact right chords with me and convinced me to change my mind. The moment when I decided to go from nine to ten was when Anna offered to help with Charles's medication management. I was so excited to finally see her get a chance to be really valued and appreciated by Jeffrey. Excellent. All right, that's the end of my paragraph. Yeah. And excellent. I was going to give it the same rating, but now I'm just going to have to say I'm going to give it uh, eight out of ten swaggy hats. Although I was <laughs> going to say cats t-shirts. I'm going to tell you why Sorry. I was thinking cats t-shirts. Go ahead. Um, and for me, it was because this episode kind of embodies a huge change in American, even though it's not American, American theater. And that, that I mean, that's important to me. I really, I really yeah. appreciate that they, they spoke on that and touched on that because, mm-hmm. um, you know, when Cats came out, that was such a huge deal. I mentioned that probably nobody's old enough to remember, but I remember. And uh, it, it changed my life because that's that's what made me decide I wanted to go into theater. Mm. Oh, so, wow. Yeah, a little 12, cool. 12 year old Darcy got to go to the <laughs> touring production in Denver. And it, oh, I was just so amazed. And I, I didn't know anything like that was possible. And that's <laughs> why I wanted to be part of it. Did you, oh, that's awesome! Did you were you any part of the interaction or no? I no? was just in just the there. audience and I got my t-shirt. <laughs> so right. there you go. But I mean, that that was what started it for me, and then I learned so much more throughout you know my education and my life, and so that's that's where I'm at. Cool. Thank you for sharing that. Yay. That's so neat. Yeah. Well, uh, we should uh, work on wrapping up this episode. We have an assignment for next time. What's our okay. assignment for next time? Yeah. Our assignment for next time is Season 3, Episode 5, All Blessed Secrets. Oh, secrets. Hmm. And done. 
I did it. Okay, good. <laughs> All right. Very speedy, everybody. <laughs> you do. You know what? It was only about an hour, so. Okay, well, we're going to go ahead yeah. and just wrap up and say goodbye. Yeah. Done, done with my assignment. And, yeah. Oh, okay. Assignment done. <laughs> All right. Well, on uh, behalf of everyone across the uh, country, uh, or actually everybody can say goodbye, but uh, <laughs> this is awkward. Uh, until next time, this has been uh, Paul Mackey from Elk River. Oh, this is Darcy sitting next to Paul Mackey from Elk River. And this has been Amy Bowen from Omaha. And Ben Pfeiffer from Chicago. Bye. 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 <laughs> Mr. Bye. Bye. All right. Since tragedies must have their audiences crying, there followed a terrible outbreak of dying. Edgar stabbed his half-brother, that Davies L. Crook, and the shock killed his daddy, that's Gloucester's L. Duke. The Ghostlight Podcast and many other fine podcasts can be found at quadruplez.com. You can send your own feedback to us in a number of ways. We are on Twitter at ghostlightpc. Find us at facebook.com slash groups slash ghostlightpodcast. Please keep discussion there spoiler-free. If you want to comment on future episodes, the newbies don't check the phone or email. Call our voicemail line, 206-309-9389. Or email us, theghostlightpodcast at gmail.com. Theme song for season three is King Lear by Brendan Nolan off his Songbrook CD. Music and lyrics by Con O'Driscoll and is used by permission from both songwriter and performer. Find all of Brendan Nolan's music at www.brendannolan.com. Cordelia was hanged by a treacherous jailer. Lear died when it struck him that he was a failure. If he only had snuffed it a few years before, he'd have saved everybody all this suffering and gore. Iris woke me up at 7.30 without an alarm. I was so proud of her. Mm. Oh, that's great. That timing works out. You woke up shortly after that. And now they're both stuffing their face with donuts. <laughs> Which uh, may or may not work toward our advantage with the quietness. We might be sad later that it was so sugary, but it's all you know, we'll be we can always throw them outside. Yes, there's a pool out there. There's a pool out there, and if they want to put on their swimsuits and go at any time, they are allowed. Cool. But they're not jumping at that. They're too busy eating They're donuts. still stuffing donut in. I'll do it. Well, she's not so much stuffing donut she's in as picking the, the M&M M&M's off mini M and M's off of the donut. Okay. Because I love M and M's. Because she loves M and M's. <laughs> it's all very sensible, Darcy. I see this. Now, if there were cherry tomatoes on the donut, would you pick them off first, or would you save them for the last? First, last. First, last. Oh my goodness. Oh boy. <laughs> All the time. She'd eat all the cherry tomatoes and the M&M's. Mm. On a donut. On the donut. Yes.